You do not have to suffer silently or alone. 1212 Ministries has resources available to your church so that you can get plugged in and find community. No matter what stage of this journey you're in, we want to equip the church to come alongside of you and support you as you navigate this season. Please reach out to 1212 Ministries to learn more about how your church can get connected. I am loved. I am valued. I belong. You know, these core factors that cannot be touched by what I do, by what other people say. It's a lot garden. It's like, mm -mm 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 -mm. nobody else is coming in here. Hey friends, welcome to the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. Together we are using our voices to walk alongside women navigating infertility and motherhood. I'm Holly and I'm so happy you're tuning in today. Hey friends, and I'm Nicole. Let me tell you a little bit about 1212 Ministries and why this podcast exists. 1212 Ministries creates a safe space for emotional restoration, physical healing, and spiritual discipleship for women who have or are experiencing infertility. We want to share hope in the hard things and encourage you to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Our heart behind this podcast is to make sure that no woman walks this journey alone. Welcome to the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. My name is Nicole. Holly is here with us and just we're glad that you're here. If this is your first time tuning in, we are grateful for you. And if you've been listening with us, hey, we're grateful for you too. Uh, just wanted to give you a quick update. We just wrapped up Refined. Refined was a beautiful evening. Ooh. Holly killed it. Holly was just so wonderful in sharing her heart um, just in in and through what the Lord is doing. And so she was wonderful. Our panel, we can't wait for you to come to the next Refine in October, um, but definitely just stay connected with us and all the things. Yes. Holly. Hey, girl. We had a great time at Refine. I'll give you a round of applause. For I, <laughs> <you're so laughs> I was nervous, but I did it and I will continue to just grow however the Lord leads me. Yes. Um, okay, y'all. So today we have... A wonderful guest. Her name is Dr. Oh, Irene Fambro. Um, I met her, I think I was like 23 when I met her, like 10 years ago at a Gateway Women's Retreat. Um, she was my leader. And I, the moment that I met her, I was just like, I love you and you love Jesus and we need to be friends. Um, she has an amazing podcast called Smarter Than You Think, um, which their season two just launched. So you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. But she has so many roles that she fills. Um, she is the owner of Intelligent Leadership. She is a consultant. She is a professor. She is an author. She is a speaker. She is overqualified in the natural and the supernatural. So we're just really <laughs> yes. glad you're here, Dr. Fambrow, sweet Irene. Thank you. Um, welcome in. She's going to share some love and some truth with us today. Yeah. So you take it away, my sister. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Um, I love I love God moments. Um, uh, Holly, you reached out to me, and um, let's just be honest. I wasn't really active on IG, so the fact that I found your message is another God moment. <laughs> I know that sounds like a boomer because I'm not as as 
as uh, old as that sounds, but like for real, like to find it, to trust it and to kind of follow the path of it is, you know, it's just one of those cool places. And um, I, I love um, just, you know, I love people that mm-hmm. are owning their territories that God's given them. Yes. And that's just huge. Like, I think that there's a lot of like, you can feel everybody going like, man, this world is messed up as if, you know, like it was just everything like the enemy's that good, like that he's, yes. you know, getting away with that much. And I think more of it is people abdicating their thrones of authority and territory mm. that they have. That's good. Like, this, is, this is your, like you've given up your territory. Like guys, if I don't do anything to my lawn, and I'm yelling at the weeds, like you came in, you, how dare you? And I didn't do anything. <laughs> and I just give in to the weeds. You know, it's like, yeah. I could turn mm-hmm. the camera and check it out. No. So, you know, <laughs> but, and, and we yell at the weeds and we say, give yes. the weeds power in our territory. And God's like, it's yours. I gave you dominion. And, and he didn't just give you dominion without an empowerment. He gave you authority. Yes. No. So I, I get it where we can see the, the enemy is trying really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I really pray that we see is that we have territory. Amen. There, there is something in front of you. That's There's good. something. Yeah. It, and, and sometimes we, are, we care too much about the future territory that we want. Mm-hmm. And we do not take care of the one that we have. Yes. Whatever it is, maybe it's just you, you know, like it's starting with you. And then it's starting with, if, if you, you know, when you get married, maybe it's in that the territory you have as, as a couple, you know, I mean, all those different places, those expand. But God's word is also very clear about stewarding what we have, yeah. doing well with it. And then the increase can come. And it isn't like, oh, haha, I'm not giving it to you. It's just saying, hey, I want to make sure you have the tools to handle bigger territory. Yes. Yes. That's so good. Um, that's that that whole Deuteronomy, you know, the, um, it's, I, no, it's not in Deuteronomy. I think it's in Exodus. It's the little by little mm. about mm. taking the land. It says, lest the beast would overtake you. That's mm. good. Yeah. And so I think it's recognizing in our land that we, you know, in our territories, one, that there are beasts there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of shocking. There's <laughs> <laughs> a mountain lion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, so let's move little by little. Let's be strategic. In my mind, I would be stepping in my territory, my destiny, and there would be like a soundtrack playing like in a movie or something, you know, like the moment, all like here that. I am, even in hard moments, like Rocky music would come on or yes. something. I had the tiger, like, yes. let's go, let's go, you know, or something. And it's not, it's not, you know, like it, it is yes. the, the dog barking and the doorbell ringing and the phone. And, you know, and it is that place that um, destiny can be uncomfortable. Territory can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't think I knew of those marks in destiny. I thought it was, I really thought destiny would be a little bit more comfortable than this. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. why comparing it to like mashed potatoes, I guess, because it's a comfort food. But, you know, I just thought it would be yummy. Like, mm, I'm in my destiny. That's like, so true. I was just like, it's such an inappropriate relationship with food. I was like, I know I'm working it out. <laughs> oh my goodness, no way you do not. I, I'm working it out. I think I would love to do a study on men and women in food. Like, do women just have a different emotional relationship with food than men? Yeah, probably because of our hormones. It's not fair. Right. Like, I just, I'm just curious, just curious. That's, an, that's another podcast. But, you know, anyway. <laughs> so, 
that's what okay. I mean, like, that's what makes my heart smile in being able to be on this with you guys is that is seeing you guys um, taking your territory and going, hey, this is what God's asked us to do, and we're going after it. And I love that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I could have you talk about an array of things, and you would make it would be drop the mic moments all over the place. But we were going to have you talk about identity today, and just helping these women that are walking through loss or an infertility diagnosis or motherhood itself. Just what truths would you want to speak into a woman that is struggling with her identity as a mom, as a, a wannabe mom going through infertility yeah. or a mother navigating that? Yeah, man. Um, immediately when you said it, I was just kind of putting my heart there with that woman. And if you're listening today, it's not by accident. Mm-hmm. And I think that these are overwhelming places. There are moments that you are sitting there and consumed with um, where you are asking questions, will this always be where I'm at? Mm. I always have these feelings. Um, Am I the only one that has it? And, um, you know, and I think that without, um, man, not intentionally, but like little by little, our challenges become our identity. Mm. They become who we are. It almost becomes the tag of our name, the tagline, you know, Um, because if you talk to people, um, pretty quickly, you can figure out some things that are going on in their life. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? It's like some, it comes from the overflow, right? Out of the mouth. It's the overflow of our heart. So what we've been sitting on, what we've been ruminating in, what has our heart will come in the overflow of our words and our conversations and, and, and it also comes in the overflow in the way that we see things. We see things every, through our challenge, right? Yeah. It becomes our filter. Um, you'll begin to notice those that have kids, those women that are pregnant, those that are, I mean, it just is like, it almost reminds you of like, um, when you broke up with your first boyfriend, whatever car Mm. they drove or that song that was your song. I mean, the radio never played it and then it played it 10 times. Right. And then, you know, there was not one car in the town, but all of a sudden every car was red and every car was a truck. And uh, I mean, it was just, you know, and that's what what happens is that it begins to filter everything that we see, including ourselves. And now my identity is my challenge. And I don't want you to see I'm not man, that challenge is super real for all of us. But God's saying, I need you to take your identity behind a locked garden, like Song of Solomon says. I need it to be a place where your challenges can't touch it. But some other things, like good things, can't touch it, mm-hmm. um, which the Lord did not, you know, I still have a case out with him where he's going to work out why I can't find this out earlier in my life. But um, I was doing a workshop. Okay, I don't remember. But it was, I know I was in my 40s. <laughs> I really know I was in my 40s. So, um, so it was probably only within the past couple of years. And so... Um, and I was doing them on spiritual gifts. And I was like, oh, let's go. Let's go in. You know, we're going to talk about all the different places it is, you know, all the, and, and we love it because, you know, it's kind of like the Enneagram test or the strengths finders or the, you know, like, tell me who I am. You know, like, I love this. Let me do another one. And the Lord was like, okay, before you get into the details of it, I want you to be real clear that your spiritual gifts are not your identity. Mm-hmm. And I, look, I was like this. I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I I literally um I think I mentioned this on one part. I literally took the the I don't even like to walk my dog because he's a golden doodle and he just doesn't know how to act right, y'all. Like but mine is too. Yeah. Okay. He just he can't nope. like do it. every dog that goes by is is cool and my dog is an idiot. Like <laughs> And it's not even like a cool bark. It is the most unmanly dog bark that you have ever seen. Oh my goodness. And, you know, and he makes a scene out of it. And so I don't really like to take him on a walk. Like, it's embarrassing. Um, and so, but I had to, I literally was like, God, we got to talk this out. Mm-hmm. So I, it was a, an emergency. I was like, come on, bro. Let's, let's go figure this out. And I, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I love my spiritual gifts. You know, I love um, my destiny. I love, um, you know, these are definitely who, what I thought was who I am. And um, God said, Irene, your, your identity has to be things that are untouched. Mm-hmm. So if you never fulfill your destiny, are, are you still mine? Are you still valuable? Is your identity still intact? If you can't, if you have no opportunity to operate in your spiritual gifts, then that's it. Your identity is on pause until you get an opportunity, you know, and that guys, that was my thirties. That was for real. Like um, I wanted to preach and teach and, you know, the things that you list that sounds like, Mm. I mean, I can, I can feel every single one of those. I remember the trudging through a book. I remember like, man, I think it would be great to teach a class someday. Oh, I remember, you know, that to me, is like watching my testimony of what God did. And it was rough. Like it was rough. Like, and I, and I put my identity on that ride. Hmm. I let it go up and down with it. I mean, it was, there were good days, you know, when I graduated and got my PhD, I mean, it was like, hmm, my identity was high. Uh, when I didn't get into um, the doctorate program the first time I tried, I was like, what's going on? You know, so that's what I'm saying. My challenge may not be your challenge, but it can become our identity. Mm. And it and that's why those things have to be core things that are like, I am a daughter of the king. I am loved. I am valued. I belong. You know, these core factors that cannot be touched by what I do, by what other people say. It's a lot garden. Yeah. It's like, nobody else is coming in here. There are moments where people kind of, you know, look and kind of see the aroma of your garden goes out. Mm. <laughs> people yeah. are like, oh, it's great. And you're like, yep, it's my garden. You know, I can tell you things about it, but I'm not letting you in my garden. Mm-hmm. And that, guys, that means not just people that are like, against us or like that person with the one dumb comment, you know, there's someone who just, just doesn't have a filter. You're just like, you didn't think you just, Mm -hmm. and so, but it also means people that are dear to us. That's good. Like who I am isn't determined by my husband, isn't determined by my children, my parents, by my friends, you know, it's like, and there are, it's really hard because they can affirm what God's already done. But that lock garden is between you and him. Mm. My identity isn't the roles that I that I get to step in. Those are just places the Lord and I get to partner in. Yeah. But being a mom, being a wife, um, 
being a professor, a speaker, you know, those things that you, you know, a consultant, those aren't my identity. Hmm. And that is, man, it's easier said than done. Because when I get opportunities like this to be able to, to run my lane, they're so sweet. But if at the end of the day, I base my identity on when I get these opportunities, oh man, well, right. that means yesterday when I didn't have an opportunity, it's, I mean, literally it's like every day I'm plating for the, it's for crazy. the enemy to mess with it and to yeah. tamper with it. And the Lord's just like, that is not how I made you. Yes. And so I think that that can easily happen. And I just want to say it happens for all of us. Oh, yeah. It's not, um, it's no respecter of, you know, what your education is, how old you are, um, you know, whether you are single, married, have kids, don't, you know, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't matter. The enemy will come at your core. Yep. And if you leave that gate cracked, he will try to come in. It says, catch the little foxes in Song of Home. Because hmm. those are slippery little suckers. <laughs> They're, <laughs> fast. They're fast, you know. I don't have fox experience, but in my mind, they're like. Totally. You know. And, I don't, I'm not a fox expert. <laughs> but I imagine since people used to hunt them, you know. With horses and dogs, you know, yes, um, that they're they are they they slip in like that, and they try to take, and they, and so there is a there is the command to catch them. That means they're catchable, mm-hmm. right? Come so on, don't the Lord doesn't ask us to do something that we can't do. Yep. So if we're supposed to catch it, then then He's saying that you can catch it. Um, so I have to recognize, believe that my gates open. I have to um, um, actually look for the foxes, be honest about the places that I've let come in, you know, and you'll, you'll kind of go, you, you can work backwards to where there's a fox because there's no fruit there. Hmm. He's taken something. That's good. Right. Oh Some, yeah. Something has been taken from you and you can see those places like, where is it hard to believe in your value? Where is it hard, um, you know, to believe in your worth? Um, to even he's robbed your thoughts. Like he, the, the, the challenge has, has, is living rent free in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't like, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't, you're everything. Like I said, everything you see, it is, it is taking you captive instead of you taking it captive. Yeah. That's so good. And, and I think that's, those are just they're hard places, but they're places that say, um, I'm not, you know, I think there's so much, especially when, when you're struggling with infertility, that makes you feel like there's nothing you can do. Hmm. You know, it just feels like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I know I can pray through it. I mean, you know, and, 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 and it becomes hard, because, especially those places that you've, you continue to pray. Yeah. Right. And you continue to, to press into the Lord about it. Um, and I think that we have to begin to see where the Lord is saying like, um, Hey, this is something that you can do. A thought is something taking captive. A thought is something you can do. Um, being honest with your emotions and letting me heal your emotions in this. Good. In John 11, when, when Jesus comes to heal Lazarus, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole 
play out. Um, this is really where we really see the emotional intelligence of our God. Like it's, mm. it's a very powerful moment because he, um, first of all, we have um, a message that goes to Jesus that says the one you love is sick. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that was Lazarus's nickname. That's just, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I know a good old fashioned, like, Hey, I'm just saying, Jesus, I'm not just some stranger. Yeah. Right. And many of the women listening are feeling like the one you love. Yes. Me. Mm -hmm. I'm not just anybody. Mm -hmm. I've been crying out to you. I've been asking for you to move on this and I'm not doing okay. Mm. And I need you to show up. And the timing isn't what you thought. Yep. He didn't show up when you thought he would. Mm-hmm. And good. you're hurt. Yeah. And if you were honest about it, you're disappointed in God. You're angry at him. Um, you might feel betrayed by him. I mean, there's some strong feelings in it. And you want Lazarus back. You want the answer to what you're, you know, what brought your pain, right? But this is what's interesting. When, when Jesus comes, you know, Martha comes out and she's one of those like kind of put your big girl panties on and deal with it kind of a woman, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, she was like, if you, I mean, she, I don't even think he makes it to the house because she says Mary's back at the house, right? She meets him on the road. I mean, th- I, this, I have such a relationship with her. Like she was like, if you had been here, like, let's be honest, you and I both know I have seen you do some things. And if you had been here, when I asked you to be here, I wouldn't be dealing with everybody crying. I wouldn't, I'm not going to tell you all my stuff right now, but I, I'm telling you, you know, and then, and then he says, Jesus says something and, you know, I mean, he talks about like, oh, you know, uh, you know, life can come for you. And then it's like, yeah, Jesus, I know in the resurrection life, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. I know the right things to say. You know, I got my Jesus talk. I know Mm -hmm. what it is. Okay, fine. Um, And then she goes back and, you know, I don't see anywhere where Jesus says that for her to go get married. But she was she was definitely the oldest, you know, the oldest sibling. Mm -hmm. She was like, hey, Mary. Jesus wants you. Mm-mm, stop. Like, pull that together and go out there. You know? <laughs> and so she, she is the, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, she is all in her feels, right? She's got an entourage of feelers with her, right? A lot of feelers can. Mm-hmm. And that's not wrong. I'm just saying this is where we can sit in these places. And she goes, says, you know, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. He sees all he sees the scope, the the whole landscape of where you're at. And this is where we get. And Jesus wept. Mm. Why? He knows he's going to go and heal Lazarus. Mm. You know, like this could have been like a big like surprise. (laughs) Yes. Don't stop crying. If emotions didn't matter. Right. If we were just supposed to suck it up or if we were supposed to either have the one where we hide it or where we sit in it, then, you know, if those if that extreme didn't matter, then it'd be like, Martha, get it together. Mary, get it together. Let's go to the gravesite. This is the moment we're going to go and I'm going to show you something and give you the answer to your prayer. And he doesn't. He weeps with them. He didn't say, and Jesus shed one Mm -hmm. lone tear. Mm -hmm. 
it said he wept, like he felt their anguish. It's good. And what I realized, what I felt like the Lord was showing me in this was, God, you were healing everything in that story. You were healing Martha and Mary's disappointment, their anger, their, their hurt. They felt betrayed as a friend of his. They felt unseen. They felt unvalued, that, that they weren't important enough, that they weren't valued enough, diminished, rejected. And he said, oh, God, I don't want to just answer your prayer. Because what you'll do is you'll have the answer to your prayer, but you'll still have all the bitterness and mm-hmm. resentment yeah. and anger and all of that stuff will still be there. And I promise you, it'll come back out. Mm-hmm. And so God says, I'm, I, I, I'm, I am coming for your Lazarus. It's good. I'm coming for it. But I care more about you. Okay, well, maybe I, ca- I care about all of you. Maybe, maybe that's it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's not that I don't care about Lazarus because he does. And he goes after that for them. Right. But I think that we make, again, the, the, the challenge becomes, we become so myopic to it. It's all we see. Yeah. And we miss all the other places around us that have we haven't dealt with that God wants to come in. And he cares about the fullness of you. Yeah. And that means your spirit. Yeah, that means all the good stuff of spending time with him. It means in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Yeah. He wants to heal those places. And it means your body. There are places that you're struggling with physically. And I know that maybe your attention is on what's physically not working to conceive. But you're maybe you have constant headaches. Maybe you have dry eyes. Maybe you have your hands are constantly dry. I don't know what it is, but your body's trying to say other things. Hmm. And you're saying, no, 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 no. That's not as important as the physical that I want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, yeah, but why do you keep having headaches? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, cause you'll carry those things over when Lazarus is, is, is healed. Imagine that he didn't deal with Mary and Martha's disappointment and hurt. Yeah. Every time people would tell the story of him being raised, can you imagine that feeling? It'd be like, yeah, he could have done it three days earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, you got a little something you're going to add to as you did. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. somebody tells a story and all they see is that all that goodness that's in there. You're like, mm, you didn't see, uh, you know, Paul Harvey's mm-hmm. the rest of the story. Like that was, you mm-hmm. know, you'll carry it with you. Um, and, and I pray as, you know, for those places that you would see them as each, each aspect of you is valuable because he does. He thought it was valuable to give a spirit, soul and body. So he believes it's valuable to bring healing to all of it. Mm. Completely. And so I I love those places that his word wants to show up in that because we all have a Lazarus. Mm. Something that seems um, something that we love dearly. That isn't doing as well as we want it to. Mm -hmm. And Jesus isn't showing up as soon as we'd like him to. It's good. We all do. Mm -hmm. 
And I just, I want us to pay attention to what that, that narrative looks like. Because um, there's something, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of people, there are other people that he rose from the dead and he didn't have that much relationship. You know, the mom who's weeping for her son, mm. the procession that goes. Um, and I think sometimes we see those moments too, right? Like we see people have these immediate moments. That woman never had even prayed for her son to come back from the, like she didn't even, you know what I mean? So you even, you see um, the other extreme people that get pregnant and, and mm. didn't even try. Yeah. People that are pregnant and didn't even want to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, those are the stories that can come around you. Like, like you've got to be kidding me. And I, you know what I mean? That's where you feel like the one you love is sick. Like the one you love has an issue and you need, you need to come. And, yeah. and, you know, th- here's some of the difference though. Like, um, man, they had a relationship with him that carried, mm. that could sustain their Lazarus. Yep that could, that cared about healing. And it's not that he didn't for the woman with the, somebody didn't have a relationship with her yet. Um, There are benefits to that, but it can be hard because the, the timing of it. And, um, and it's so easy to compare the woman who didn't even ask for it, who gets her son raised and you who feel like you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And, um, those places try your, your faith, mm-hmm. your relationship. And, you know, to be honest, and I remember waiting for certain things to occur. And I began to realize that um, I was having an affair with my destiny. Mm-hmm. Like I was so in love and, in, you know, like I wanted so much, so many of the things to happen and so many things to move and to move in my giftings and to move in my callings and my purpose. And, and I mean, like it became like everything that I was thinking of. So when things happened or didn't happen, you know, it was like either affirming of that or it wasn't. And, but it became, I had more of a relationship with my destiny than I did with the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord's like, I am jealously affectionate for you. Like, jealously. And I had to come to realization. I've done the same thing with problems, challenges where I have become so, so engrossed in them that that's who I have more of a relationship with than I do with him. Hmm. And so that is who's counseling me. That is who's, you know, giving me advice. That is who's um, telling me who I am and who I'm not. Most of the time, my challenges just tell me who I'm not. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so these places are, they're real. Yeah. Um, but I love that he wants to go after every part of you. Uh, he wants you, Lazarus, more than you do. And that's hard that. to believe. That's really yeah. hard to believe. Uh, I don't think people realize how vulnerable hope is. Mm. Ooh, oh that is gosh. so good. <laughs> hope is vulnerable. Like, yeah. To put that out there to, to, you know, to, and that's the, that's one of the concrete places of faith of being mm. sure of what I hope for, mm-hmm. even though I've hoped for something so long, I'm not sure about it anymore. You know, and he's saying, yeah, like it has to, like it is, vo- it is a vulnerable place 
to dream again, to hope yeah. again, to believe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's some other stuff that has happened along the way and in the process and in the time of waiting for your Lazarus. Mm. We've enmeshed our identity in it. We have ignored our emotions and our body. Um, and, and to be honest, our spirits probably have fatigued. Our faith mm-hmm. has diminished. Um, we might have surrounded ourselves with other people that have gone through the same thing. But if they don't want to bring, if you don't have shields of faith around you, mm-hmm. yeah. then the fiery darts of the enemy comes in. Yep. So if those friendships aren't like shields of faith, it's good. then, you know, then the darts are coming in. They're hitting you. And you feel unprotected. And your faith may not be great enough, you know, to be that shield, you know, that that tall shield like in battle that can cover you. Yeah. And that's why God gives you people around you that have faith that can surround yes. you. So um, good. And that's what you're 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 seeking is to not do it alone. Mm. Amen. Um, but to do it with the right people. Yes. Yep. Not everybody can handle your challenge. Nope. Like, you know, when you say it and then you're like. I wish I did not. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just trying to find a way like to divert it. And you're like, and so you minimize it. You're like, but it's okay. We're fine. Praise the Jesus. Like, never mind. You know, because you know when someone can handle, because it's a, it's a deep pain. Totally. Yeah. And a lot of people just want to like slap a verse to you because your depth of pain is deeper than the God they know. Oh, drop the mic. Yes. It just, and you just go, I don't know why I just share that. And you know it, they'll just slap it to you. Don't worry. God will work all things together for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You know, and you're like, I do, but uh, I need something else right now. Mm -hmm." I do, but I need, I need, I need, I need a weeping God with me right now. Yep. You know, you know, if you know somebody that has struggled with it or, you know what I mean? It's like sometimes it's just being able to sit there with them and say, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that is. Yeah. He There's didn't. So he didn't problem. solve your emotions by telling them what he was about to go do. Yes. He didn't. And he knew it. Because that wasn't the answer. The answer yeah. to the pain that you're feeling isn't the answer to your prayers. Mm. And you think it is and you wait until then. And I'm believing for every woman listening that they would receive the answer to their prayer. But I'm letting you know you'll get to it. And you'll still have that emotional place that you've never healed in your emotions, in um, your mind. Mm. You will just replace that worry and that space and that challenge with another one. With something Mm. else. Yeah. You replace the, you know, the emotional stick and keep swirling. Yeah. And then you'll go slap off on your child and you'll be like, hmm, where did that one come from? (laughs) No, because they did something. You know what I mean? Like something Mm. else will take its place. And God says, I am for your whole healing. I am after you because you matter. I love it. That's a whole, that's a whole word. Like I have received all of this. Mm. Like you must have been in my journals, reading my mail, like all of the things. Thank you for talking to me today. (laughs) There's just so, so many things though, that you talked about just identity and just, um, 
and how you you talked about how your destiny and your calling mm-hmm. is just like that is the thing that you were holding on to and yeah. not being a, a daughter of Christ. And I can a hundred percent relate to that, especially just in and through this ministry of just mm-hmm. like grinding so hard for the past six years, you know, trying just trying to do all of the things. And so mm-hmm. like you just said about God wants to heal us our whole selves, you yeah. know, and not just these small pieces uh, of who we are. And so I just think that that's beautiful. And I'm like, yes, Lord, come on. You're, you're healing me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's hard though. It's hard, but thank it you. Is. It is, but it's worth the work. Yeah, it is worth, worth it. The work. Yeah, it's worth the work. I think we'll do the work for so many others and people around us and friends. And um, but I need each of us, myself, those listening, to feel that they're worth the work all by themselves. Mm. Yeah. Even That's if good. even if even if Lazarus didn't come, it was yeah. worth it. Was worth it. Worth the work. I do want to say one thing, which is this ministry, the the foundation of it, the core of it is, again, I know we've said it before, but it's not to get you the baby. It's to help you walk it well. And everything she just mm-hmm. said yeah. is to help you walk that well. We want, we want that longing fulfilled, but we want to give you the tools to walk it well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I good. Agree. Irene, thank you. Thank you so much. You, you really, you blessed us today. And I know our listeners are just, are going to be encouraged. And um, I I don't say this lightly, but they have some really amazing tools to, to have in their Mm. tool belt to continue to battle and war and, and continue to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on here. You're awesome. We love you. Thank you.